Lord, for what he's done in our hearts and our midst. I want to say again tonight, nobody put a meeting together like God can. Amen. Have your Bibles. Let's go, first of all, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 2. And then if you want to go ahead, uh, find Luke chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 2. And then, uh, then turn over to the book of Luke chapter number 5. While you're turning, let me mention again, preacher just mentioned it, uh, the faith promise cards. I do hope that you're praying over that and uh, leaving the calculators out of it and just asking the Lord to speak to your heart, to reveal to you what you can trust Him to give through you. And um, whatever He says, just follow His lead, be obedient, uh, pin it down, and watch what God does. I asked you the other night, uh, as we close out another year of faith promise giving, um, did it take any faith to give your faith promise? I want to ask another question tonight. In the promise or the commitment that you're about to make, will it take any faith to give, to meet that commitment? Again, if it's not going to take any faith, probably not practicing faith promise mission. Amen. So uh, pray about it. Let the Lord lead you and guide you. And I tell you what I like to do. I like to hear how God brings it in. And uh, he will. And uh, you say, preacher, I, I'm, I believe I'll come up short. I don't have that much money left after the bills are paid. Watch what God does. I told this a couple of times. I'll tell it again. Just heard it the other day. Uh, I'm actually up here a little bit earlier tonight than I was last night. Y'all okay? All right. I'll share this with you real quickly. There was a preacher's wife. Um, preacher, I can mention his name, and probably a few of you, if not all of you, have heard of his name before, so I'll not mention his name. Spent uh, several years in missions, then pastored for a pretty good while, and now he's out of the pastorate again and back traveling again. Great preacher. And uh, his wife... She wanted to make her own commitment in faith promise. So she prayed, she sought the Lord, and, and the Lord revealed to her what, he, or what she could trust him to give through her. And so she made that commitment. Now, she don't have an income. Matter of fact, the only income they have together is what the churches provide for him as he preaches and does what he does. So she really don't have no income. And uh, so she was truly exercising faith. She didn't know how the Lord's going to do it. Somehow or another, her and her husband agreed, came up this idea. I don't know if it was him or her. And uh, y'all going to think it's pretty cheap of him. But as soon as I see him, I'm going to ask him about it. But uh, they come to this idea that every cash offering that he received, she got all the ones. Not the fives, not the tens, not the twenties. And it wasn't the one hundreds. No, it's, it was the ones. And so the Lord was meeting her faith promise in those cash offerings and the one dollar bills. The Lord was doing it. It was going pretty good until... Her husband went down health-wise and had to have surgery and be off the road for quite some time. Well, of course, that's going to put a little strain on them, period. Uh, but she then said, Lord, how am I going to continue to meet my commitment? It's as if the Lord spoke to her and said, I was the one that told you to do it. Uh, don't worry about it. So she's getting nervous. He's fixing to come off the road, and there's not going to be no more cash offerings. By the way, if, you've, if you travel much and go to many churches, you'll know there's really not many cash offerings. Most of the time it's in the form of a check. So she was really exercising faith, but now there's not going to be even any check offering. What's she going to do? The last service before her husband was coming off the road for his surgery, the last service, 
they took up a cash offering just for her. He said, we're going to do something a little bit different, but we're going to take up a special offering and every dime of this going to the preacher's wife. That was enough to cover her faith promise through the whole thing. Hey, if you'll trust him, you can have a story. You don't have to listen to everybody else's. You can have your own if you'll trust him because he will do, he will do it if he tells you to. Amen. Mark chapter number two tonight. If you found your place and can enable, let's stand together just for a few minutes. Mark chapter number two. We'll read this portion of scripture. We'll pray. You can be seated and then we're going to flip over to the book of Luke. Mark chapter number two, beginning in verse number one. The Bible said, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doeth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately Jesus, when he perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth, to forgive sins, saith to the sick of the palsy, I say, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, go thy way into thine house. Immediately arose, and took up, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Father, thank you so much for allowing us again the privilege to be here. You sure have blessed us with your presence. You've moved in our midst. You've already spoke the hearts, and we're thankful, so thankful for that. And now, Lord, as we take the time to look into the Word of God, we're asking you, Lord, just to continue what you're already doing. Speak to hearts, move in our midst. Lord, above all, get glory to your name out of everything that's said and everything that's done. I do want to ask you, Lord, if you would, please, just one more time. God, would you touch me? Would you anoint me fresh? Give me liberty to preach tonight. Whatever you do, we'll try our very best to thank you for it. Give you all the praise. Give you all the glory for whatever's accomplished. Lord, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Take your Bibles. Flip over with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 5 tonight. It's a parallel text. We just read Mark's account of this event. Now we're going to look at Luke's account of this event. Very similar, but yet they use a couple of little bit different wordings and also give us a little bit of a different insight from two different people, two different perspectives. So let's look and see what Luke says about what happened there. Luke chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling 
with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus perceived their thoughts, and he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether is it easier whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. They were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. I want to focus on a statement that Luke made here in chapter number 5. The statement that I'm interested in is in verse number 18 tonight. The Bible said, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. Notice these next four words. And they sought means. And they sought means means to bring him in and lay him before him. They sought means. They were looking for a way, any way that they could, to get this man to Jesus. Whatever means possible, they wanted to get this man to Jesus. I'm going to look at a few things real quickly tonight. You'll listen fast. I'll try to preach fast, all right? First of all, let's think about this. The fate of the fallen. Here is a man that has been taken with a palsy. I'm not sure exactly what type of palsy, but palsy is a paralysis. I, I don't know if he would, uh, was like this from birth. I don't know. Probably not. He was probably taken with this palsy sometime later in life. And this palsy has left him with a paralysis. And because of what has happened to him, there's two things I want you to understand. First of all, he is helpless. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that he can do for himself to fix his situation. He is helpless. Amen? But not only is he helpless, he's also hopeless. As he looks ahead... There's no hope whatsoever outside of a miracle for anything to change in his life. Absolutely no hope whatsoever, again, outside of a miracle, that anything will ever get any better. He is in a sad state. He's probably thinking in his mind that he's doomed to live and die on that bed or on that couch. He can't get up. He can't go. He can't, have, he can't even get himself to a priest. What about that? He's, he's just doomed to be in that shape. And, and friend, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, I want you to understand something about yourself. You may be able to move physically. You may be able to walk out of those doors here in just a little while just like you walked in. But I want you to know physically you may be all right, but spiritually speaking, you are just as helpless as this man that was taken with a palsy. You cannot do anything to help yourself. You might be able to break some habits or change this or change that, and you might sign up for a program, or you might try to take some kind of pill that might make some kind of uh, difference but what your problem is a pill ain't going to help what your problem is a, a doctor can't do nothing for you your problem is uh, that you're a sinner and you need to be saved amen uh, and there's absolutely nothing that you can do uh, to help yourself or save yourself is that right? You're helpless. But not only are you helpless, you are hopeless. Amen. Outside of a miracle. Oh, get a hold of that. Outside of a miracle, you're doomed to live and die in that state. 
outside of a miracle. Amen. But I got good news. I know one that's still in the miracle business. I know one that can still do what man cannot do, what a pill cannot do, what a program cannot do. I know one that has the ability to forgive sins even here on earth. Amen. So we see the fate of the fallen. But now let's look real quickly at the favor of some friends. I don't know who it was. I'm kindly thinking that it's probably one that it began with. Somebody cared about this man. Amen. Somebody cared. Somebody wasn't okay with him living and dying in that condition. Amen. Somebody cared enough to want to do something about it. Amen. I don't know if it's just one or two. I'm not real sure. You say, preacher, I read where he was born of four. Stick with me. I still believe it started in one heart. I still believe it started in one person. I believe it started in one mind. Somebody cared about that feller. Amen. So let's look at the favor of some friends. Ain't you glad somebody cared about you? Amen. Ain't you glad somebody wasn't okay with leaving you and letting you live and die in that sinful condition? Amen. I'm glad I had somebody that cared. There was somebody cared about this man. And it wasn't just that they just cared. They were concerned enough not to just say, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I don't say I appreciate them that's praying for sinners, but I really like them that's doing more than just praying for them. Amen. It wasn't good enough just to pray for this feller. They heard that Jesus was near. Jesus is noised abroad that Jesus was in the house. Amen. And what an opportunity that they saw to get him to the Lord. Amen. We see the favor of some friends. But now let me look at this one. I thought about then the fellowship of the four. Notice first of all uh, their partnership. There was a partnership involved in getting a lost sinner to the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all with me, ain't you? There was a partnership involved. Again, Brother Philip, I kindly believe it probably started in one. He knew the need. He cared about this fella. And he probably said, I, I can't do it by myself. Amen? I, I can't do it. So we see there's a problem. I, I can't do it by myself. I'm going to need some help to get this sinner to the Lord Jesus Christ. So probably what he did, he went over to Joe. Joe, I've got a real burden on my heart. Call it a calling, whatever you want to do. I've really got a concern for a sinner over yonder. Y'all with me, ain't you? And I cannot get him to Jesus by myself. I need some help. Brother Joe, would you help me? Would you be willing to help me get this man to Jesus? Joe says, yes, sir. I'd be glad to help you. Well, Two might be able to do it, but it'd be better if we had more than two. So as Brother Joe and myself on our way to get this man, try to get him to Jesus, we run into Philip. Brother Philip, we got a real burden on our heart for this sinner over yonder. And uh, we might be able to get him to the Lord. I don't know, but it sure would be a lot easier if you'd help us. <laughs> Y'all with me, ain't you? So Brother Philip said, what do you need? Come go with us and help us. So Brother brother Philip partners with us. There's three of us. We headed out to try to get this man to Jesus. And uh, we got thinking, you know, three of us can probably do it, but it sure would be good if we had one more. So we run into Connor. Brother Connor, we're on our way to try to get a man to Jesus. We might be able to do it, just the three of us, but it'd be a whole lot easier if we had another. Brother Connor, would you be willing to help us? Brother Connor said, yeah, I'll go with you. So here's four. They're headed over to find a sinner to get him to Jesus. Y'all okay with me calling him a sinner, ain't you? Sick of the palsy. Palsy wasn't really his problem. Jesus revealed his problem. He said, man, thy sins 
be forgiven thee. Amen. Sin's what his problem was. So they, they have to get this sinner to Jesus. And they have developed a partnership. There are four of them. They've overcame one problem. But they're going to run into some more problems. Amen. Going to be some more problems. They get over there and they find this sinner. And he has the palsy. And they have heard that Jesus is close by. And they see the opportunity to try to get him to the Lord. So they have this partnership that is formed. And now they develop a plan. Here is the plan. Why don't I get on one corner. You get on a corner. You get on a corner. And you get on a corner. There's four corners to the bed. Four corners to the couch. If we'll each get on a corner, I think we can carry him and get him to the Lord. Amen? They came up with a plan. Let me say we need a plan. You need a plan. I need a plan. We need a partnership. Amen? If we've got a good partnership and a good plan, we're headed in the right direction in spite of the problems that we may encounter. Amen? So they've developed this partnership. They've came up with this plan. And they each get a corner and they begin to carry. Don't know how far it was. It may have just been uh, a block or two. It, it might have been a mile or two. Y'all okay? It, it might have been clear across town. I'm really not sure how far it was. But they began to carry. Notice here there's a, there's a burden involved. Amen. There's a real burden involved in this. They hadn't got him to Jesus yet, but they're on their way. But while they're on their way, they get, they get a little bit weary from the load. They get a little bit weary from the carrying. Maybe they had to stop for a minute. I don't know. You, you've carried a load before, Hatton. Uh, and I'm telling you, you've heard of dead weight. That's what they're doing. They're carrying dead weight, and it gets heavy. And maybe they had to switch hands. Maybe they had to switch arms. Whatever they got to do, they've got to get him to Jesus. One of them might have said, well, it's a long way over there. I don't know if I can make it or not. You know what they had from one another? Uh, brother, you say it right. If there's just one, what's going to happen when one gives up? It's good that there's two. Oh, I believe you can make it. Don't let go of your corner. Just hang on. We've got to get, we don't like much farther now. Let's get him to Jesus. I believe they start encouraging one another, don't you guess? Amen. Why? Because they've got a purpose. They've got to get him to Jesus. They've got to get him to whatever means, they've got to get him to Jesus. Well, here's, here's another problem. They finally get to where Jesus is, and lo and behold, there's a crowd. What a crowd. I believe they're probably standing outside. They've probably got the windows blocked. Of course, they've got the door blocked. And, and what are they going to do? You know what they could have said? They could have decided something like this. We tried. Maybe Jesus will be here tomorrow. we come back tomorrow and try again. That would have been honorable. That would have been, that'd been kind of them to even try. Oh, I'm glad we have found four that wouldn't just try. They wouldn't let nothing stop them. They had to find means. They sought means to get him. Whatever it takes, we've got to get them to Jesus. Amen. They didn't say we're going to come back tomorrow. They didn't let the problem of the crowd hinder them. But now not only is there a problem with the crowd, there's a problem with the critics. They even picked Jesus apart for what he did there in the midst. You know, if we ain't careful, we'll let the critics stop us. Well, they, they, they pick us apart for this. They pick us apart for that. They didn't let the crowd stop them. They didn't let the critics stop them. One of them said, I tell you what, let's try. Let's take him up on the roof. One of them said, I, you crazy, we ain't going. What are we going to do when we get up there? One of them said, let's tear it apart. They sought means to get him to Jesus. 
whatever it takes. You know what the problem is? A lot of y'all got some lost loved ones and some lost family members, and you've done give up. You ran into a problem. You ran into a, a stop somewhere, and you said, well, I tried. I'm just going to keep praying. These boys didn't just try. These boys just didn't keep praying. They sought means. They found any way possible. We've got to find a way to get him to the Lord. Amen. I, I don't know. Might have been mama involved in that. Amen. Boys, please don't give up on my son. Please don't give up on my boy. We need some mamas that won't let any problems, no matter if they're small or big, keep them from finding a way to get them to Jesus. Amen. We need some spouses. I know, listen, you've prayed for a long time. You've tried for a long time. But we need some spouses not to give up, but find by what means to get them to Jesus. What, hey, if there's something you got to tear down, if there's something you got to move out of the way, tear it down and move it away. we got to get them to Jesus. Amen. We got some missionaries. They've got, a, they've got some sinners on their hearts. Y'all with me, ain't you? They're looking for some partners to help them go get them sinners and get them before the Lord. They cannot do it by themselves. They're looking for somebody to grab a corner. Amen. I, I wonder if this church be willing to grab a corner. I wonder if you'd be willing to grab a corner and let's do what we can to try to get them to Jesus. Amen. And as a church, may we be involved in finding means to get them to Jesus no matter what it takes. You say, well, preacher, they probably knew this feller. That might have even been a family member. I understand that. I'm telling you this, even though you don't know them in Spain, even though you don't know them in Zambia, they're still lost sinners. Hey, I think I was thinking about this a while ago as they singing. Brother Billy, Billy Ray was testifying. I was thinking about how, how that around here we've got so many preachers. we got so many churches that we can look to when we got a lost loved one but them over yonder don't have no churches around they don't have no they don't have no preachers around they're not surrounded with a preacher on every corner somebody's got to go amen why because they're helpless and they are hopeless somebody's got to get them to Jesus amen Oh, they sought means. They didn't let the crowd stop them. They didn't let the critics stop them. They didn't even let the ceiling stop them. They got on top of the building and started tearing it apart. Now, Jesus is down there probably in the living room. He's preaching the word to them is what the Bible said. And here's Jesus preaching the word to them. And all of a sudden, here comes some dust. Some of them's already looking. What's going on with the ceiling? About that time, here comes a little ray of light shining through. Amen. They broke through. A little bit more dust and particles are falling. Amen. Might even been a tile fall. I'm not real sure. About that time, they started pulling it open. They made a hole big enough to lower down a couch or lower down a bed in. They are determined at whatever cost to get them to Jesus. Amen. They didn't let the crowd stop them. They ain't letting the critics stop them. They didn't let the ceiling stop them. They tore it apart so they might get this, this person, this one person to the Lord Jesus Christ. My, my. The fellowship of the four. Now there was a sense of urgency here. Jesus ain't going to be in the house long. We can't come back tomorrow. We've got to do it while we can. You know what the church has lost? You know what the missionaries have even lost? We've lost our sense of urgency. Amen. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to put it off. We don't have time to sit back and relax. One by one, sinners are dying lost without God on a, on a moment basis. Not a daily basis, but a moment basis. I'm told that four sinners die without God every second. Four sinners die without God every second. And somebody better get busy. 
Amen. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to play around. We don't have time to put it off. Get busy. I want to encourage the church. Do everything you can to find means to get these missionaries to wherever God's called them. I want to encourage the missionary. Get everything you can done as quick as you can. Get to the field and get the gospel to them before it's too late. As you're sitting here waiting, how many's a dying lost without God? Get there quickly. Get there quickly. Get there quickly before another one dies without God and goes to hell. We have lost our sense of urgency. Every moment we wait is a moment that's gone into eternity. We'll never have it back again. We got to hurry. We got to move. We got to take advantage of the opportunity that we have at hand. Get at it quickly. Don't let no time, no more time pass. Work at it every moment that you can. Stay at it. We've got to move while we have the opportunity. How much longer we got, preacher? I don't know, but it ain't long. Let's change that just a little bit. You say, preacher, how much longer we got? No, say it this way. How much longer they got? How much longer they got, preacher? I don't know, it ain't long. Opportunity won't always be here. We better, we better move quickly. May we gain our sense of urgency back and realize every day that we're passing, every day that we're not there, every day that we're not sending, is a day we won't have back. We've got to move quickly. They had to get him there while Jesus was still there. So they didn't let none of these problems stop them. We see the fellowship of the four. I've got to hurry. Not only the fellowship of the four. Doesn't mention a little bit the frustrations they faced, the crowd, the critics, the carrying, the covering, or the sealing. But notice this then, the faith of these friends. Their faith was reasonable. This ain't, not, this ain't just anybody in the house. It's Jesus. This is the Son of God. Why are they going to all this trouble? Why? Why are they tearing the ceiling up? Somebody's got to repay that, repair that. I guarantee you somebody got upset over that. Amen. They somebody sitting back and picked them apart said, well, you could have you done it another way and it wouldn't have costed so much. Oh, I'm about to preach. Oh, my. You know how many complaints I've heard of churches over bus ministries and van ministries? I've heard it so much. You see, they go out to the highways and hedges and they get them little snotty-nosed kids that don't know how to behave when they get to church. And there's a good chance when those kids all get together and they come to your church, they, they just liable to tire something up. They liable to walk in on your carpet. Glad y'all ain't got no carpet. You don't think I'm picking on you. They liable to walk in on your carpet and track mud. Oh, Lord, we can't have little youngins coming here with muddy feet. We're going to have to pay somebody to bring a steam genie in here and clean that carpet up. Amen. They'll complain. All they're thinking about is the money, the, the dimes and the dollars. And they've lost sight of little souls hanging in the balance that needs Jesus. Amen. Quit worrying about how much it costs. Let's ignore the cost and... No, 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 let's don't ignore the cost. Let's think of the cost of not getting them to Jesus. Amen. What's a roof compared to a soul? What's a carpet compared to a soul? What's something being torn up in church compared to a soul? And what's a plane ticket compared to a soul? What's a little sacrifice and a little suffering on our part compared to a soul? Hey, ain't you glad it ain't your soul hanging in the balance? Because you're youngin. You said, I don't, care what, I don't care about the ceiling. I don't care what it costs to fix it back. I don't care about no carpet. That's my young'un's life. That's my young'un's soul hanging in the balance. Spend it all. Do it all. Get them to Jesus at all costs. Amen. Worried about how much it's going to cost. 
can't, we can't ignore real cost at stake. We've got to get them to Jesus. Got to. They got past the crowd. They got past the critics. Got past the ceiling. Jesus is in the house. They heard what Jesus could do. Amen. They just knew, Brother Joe, if they can get him to the Lord. They just knew if we can just get him to the Lord. He is able. Palsy ain't nothing for him. If we can just get him to the Lord. How wicked is that sinner? Ain't no problem for him. If you can just get him to the Lord. Amen. Oh, but preacher, they on dope. They doing this. They doing that. Ain't no problem for him. If we can just get them to Jesus. Amen. That's reasonable faith. He can do it. If he done it for you, he can do it for them. Oh, but I was a good sinner, preacher. Took just as much Jesus, took just as much blood, took just as much faith to get you saved as it does anybody else, friend. Amen. But by the grace of God, it wasn't you that, that was in that position instead of them. Amen. Reasonable faith. We can just get them to Jesus. Reasonable. Not only was it reasonable faith, it was recognized faith. Get a hold of this, church. When Jesus saw his faith, their faith. <laughs> when Jesus saw their faith, I know we must exercise faith, but God honored their faith when he saw their faith, he said to the man, thy sins be forgiven thee. We can't save them. But we can sure have a part in it. When the Lord sees our faith, he honors it. I wonder if he sees enough faith in North Spoon Baptist Church to honor it enough to save somebody clear across on the other side of the world. When he saw their faith, it was recognized faith, reasonable faith. Let me say this, it's rewarded faith. Y'all going to have to forgive me. Man, they lower him down. People's, people's really Confused. Matter of fact, they said, we ain't never seen it on this fast before. <laughs> they lowered him down. What, what, what are we all doing? They lower him down. They get him down there. Jesus saw their faith. My sins be forgiven thee. I heard the scribes and Pharisees reasoning in their hearts. You may not even say it, but God's, God knows it. God's hearing it picking it all apart. Why am I feeling a little nudge right there? How much y'all spending, sending out a month in missions? How much, can somebody help me? How much going out here a month in missions? Anybody know right off? Brother Will? 3400 a month? $3,400 a month is going out of here. Somebody could be set back thinking, you know what we could do with that here? You won't say it out loud. Hey, but I got news for you. He already heard it. They never said it, but he heard it. You better be careful. Pick it apart if you will. I'll tell you what will happen. He'll pick you apart. Either say, rise and take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. He said it for a reason, that they might know that he hath power to forgive sins here on earth. Amen. He knows what he's doing. God of heaven, the Lord Jesus rewarded 
their faith. What they do. They lower that thing down there and they're watching, they're listening, see what happens. And they heard the Lord say, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Rise, take up thy bed, go into thine house. And they're watching. That old boy rises up on his couch or his bed. He swings them legs over to the side. He stands up. He's moving around. You know what he did? He didn't need no help now. He picked up his own bed. I can't help but I can't help but see them boys up there. Is that okay? I, I can almost see them. Amen. What are they doing? They're rejoicing. They're rejoicing because their effort was not in vain. God honored their faith. God honored their sacrifice. And a sinner was saved. I'm telling you, church, you sacrifice, you cut back, you give, and you put everything you can in the offering plate, and you do give up some things. I'm telling you, one of these days, if not here over yonder, we'll high-five each other and give God the glory that it worked, that our effort paid off. A sinner was saved. <laughs> oh, we'll celebrate. We'll celebrate and be glad that we did what we did. Get them to Jesus, no matter what it takes. We, we've got some that has give up trying. They'll use this excuse, Brother Joe. Well, I don't want to push them away. I got to ask you a question. When where are you going to push them to? They already lost. You ain't going to get them no more lost than what they already are. Well, they might get mad at me. Well, bless your heart. I believe it will be all right. I'd rather have them cuss me, get mad at me, not want to be around me, and say I tried as to protect my feelings and let them die lost without God and go to hell. Do everything you can. Find a way. Seek out a means. Get them to Jesus. This will preach for local. This will preach for missions. We've got to do whatever we can to get them to Jesus. They sought means. Church, seek means. Give more. What do you mean give more? Get them to Jesus. The more you give, well, we're going to get to Jesus. I don't make no sense to me. Preacher said it a while ago. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, he had a desire going regions beyond. He said, but it's going to depend on one thing. The faith of the church. Not the finances of the church. The faith of the church. What's faith got to do with it? He knew when the faith of the church increased, the finances would increase, and therefore they could go to the regions beyond. Amen. Seek out a means. Find a way. Give more. Do more. And don't give up. You got somebody lost in your family? I've heard your testimony, some of you. If they ain't lost, they sure are a long way away from God. You got some. And I know you've tried. But please don't get weary. Please don't quit trying. Seek out a means. Don't let the crowd stop you. Don't let the critics stop you. Don't let the ceiling stop you. Tear it down. Do whatever you've got to do. Because their soul is in the balance. And we don't want to sit, stand beside a casket one day and say, I wish I'd tried a little harder. Give it everything you've got. Do everything you can. Do it quickly. Time's running out. Jesus won't always be available. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. He's always going to be found. He's always going to be near. You got to do it while he is.
you got somebody. Tear some walls down. Do whatever you got to do. Get on Jesus. You can't save them, but you can get them to Jesus. Get these missionaries to the field. Let's get them there quickly. If that's where God's called them to, that's where God wants them. Let's get them there. Get them there. Give all we can. Do all we can while we can. Call somebody's boy, somebody's girl, somebody's mama, somebody's daddy needs Jesus. Somebody's got to get them there. Like Brother Elijah Helms. I remember Brother Elijah, don't you? Missionary to Alaska. They're there. They're coming back for just a little while. They've they've gone up now to secure housing. They found them a place to live. They're going to be going back, I think, in January to stay. Brother Elijah preached a message. I'll give you this illustration. I'm done. Her brother Elijah preached. I told him I'd give him credit if I used it. He pulled out a blanket. He was at a mission conference, and he got his boy to come up there. That boy lay on the blanket. And uh, he looked at the pastor and he said, Pastor, will you help me? He got the pastor. He said, Pastor, would you get on a corner? Pastor got up there and got on the corner. He got another missionary that was there and he said, Would you help me? He got up and he came. He said, Would you get on a corner? He got on a corner. He got a church member, just a church member. He said, Would you help me? He said, yeah. Got him up there and got him on a corner. Looked at me. I was there. He said, missions board director. He said, will you help me? I said, yeah, I'll help you. Put me on a corner. Four of us, one on each corner, started carrying him. But no problem. He said, but wait a minute, stop. He said, the church member don't see much use and don't see much need anymore. And he decides to let go of his corner. Church member went and sat down. There's three of us left, and we were still carrying him pretty good. And he said, wait just a minute, stop. He said, the missionary's tired, weary. He, he don't want to sacrifice no more. He, he's been looking at Facebook and seeing how everybody else is living high on the hog, and he don't get to no more. He wants to go back home and go back to the convenient lifestyle that he left. He let go of his corner. Left me and the preacher. We were kindly dragging him. He's about to fall off. He said, wait just a minute, stop. He said, the mission board director, he's, he's tired of the fight and the fuss and everything else, and he quits too. And I let go of my corner. Sat down. Left the preacher all by himself, dragging him. He could get him there. My, my, what if the preacher said? I'm too tired of trying to carry it along. I believe I'll just go to the house. There he is left with nobody on no corner. Somebody needs to grab a corner. Will you grab a corner? Say, Preacher, what can I do? You can carry a corner. You might be, not be able to do it by yourself, but you can at least carry a corner. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. They sought means. They Salt means. What's that mean, preacher? They looked for a way. They kept looking. If one thing they tried didn't work, they tried, they tried something else. If that didn't work, they looked for another way. If that didn't work, they looked for another way. If that didn't work, they looked for another way. If that one failed, they looked for another way. How many of you done quit because one way didn't work? Find another way. Don't quit. Their soul is in the balance. Don't quit. Don't give up. Seek a means. They sought means. Let's all stand. They sought means. Will you help us tonight to seek a means? Find a way. Find a way. You know, and it may be you here tonight. Somebody's been trying to find a way to get you to Jesus. Somebody's been working hard to try to keep you in front of Jesus. 
I believe God's going to honor their faith one day. And God's going to save you. <laughs> God's going to honor their faith. And God's going to save you. Maybe tonight's the night. Why don't you come to Jesus? Why don't you come to Jesus? They've been trying to get you here. They've been trying to keep you here. Say, where's here, preacher? Where Jesus is. Won't you come tonight? Be a good night to get in. Be a good night to get your problem taken care of. Preacher, I got so many problems. No, you don't. You got one. You got a sin problem. You can get that took care of tonight. Jesus can do it. You mind the Lord's they sing. Do you care? Do you really care? A world dying lost without God. Do you really care?